Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to you live from Million Dollar Studios, Chris Bizak, alongside the benchmark of professional wrestling, Mr. Silky Baines. Yeah, it's not Silky Baines. Silky couldn't make it here, folks. Speeds of the Benchmark Show without the benchmark on a Monday night, June the 22nd, 2020. Thank you so much for being with us here on Twitch. Hello to you, Stephen. Good to have you with us here on the program. If it is your first time joining us here on the show, do us a favor. Hit that follow button. Maybe you're coming over uh, thanks to the raid from our good friend, That Streams Guy. Thank you very much, sir. Hit that follow button if you would. If you want to support the program, you could do so by becoming a subscriber for as little as $4.99 a month. You could also drop those bits, or you could leave us a tip at the tip jar, tinyurl.com slash sbtipjar, because the Silky likes to say, these bills need to get paid. And of course, if you're listening to us after the fact on the podcast, uh, welcome to you as well. Speeds of the Benchmark Show, available on all your favorite podcasting apps. Jeffrey Cross is already leaving because there's no Silky tonight. I appreciate that, sir. Uh, <laughs> no, it is very nice to have you guys with us. Uh, Silky worked a crazy long day at the shoot job, hit me up earlier tonight, was like, man, I am floored. I got to open tomorrow. I got to sleep. So we will definitely uh, give him a pass on that one. Uh, yes, yeah, Silky's out there handling his business, says Raven's Blood. Uh, and welcome to you, young ref. Good to see you again. Uh, nice to have all of you guys with us. Once again, make sure to hit that follow button. And uh, I forgot to mention, if you want to become a subscriber, if you're an Amazon Prime customer, you can become a subscriber for free. Just set up your Amazon Prime to link with Twitch Prime, and you can pick a channel to subscribe to absolutely free. We got a bunch to get to tonight, folks. Uh, obviously, still a lot of fallout from the speaking out uh, movement that's taken place on Twitter the uh, last couple of days. So we have some uh, some breaking updates just coming down within the last few minutes on that. Thanks to all of you guys for the hosts, by the way. I appreciate that. Uh, do us a favor, share the program out there on social media while you're here uh, as well. We appreciate that. So we'll get to the speaking out stuff as well. And look at Young Raf right on cue. I have to do that. Thank you very much, Young Raf. Three month subscriber here on the Speeds and the Benchmark show. Thank you very much for that. We appreciate it. Uh, obviously, we'll get to some Monday Night Raw talk as well. Four titles on the line tonight on Monday Night Raw. And for some reason, it still didn't feel like a really big, spectacular show. I don't know. Maybe that was just me. Uh, but, you know, there were some good segments and some not-so-good segments. We'll we'll get to that as well. But, uh Listen, a lot of folks have been saying that, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, this is, the, this is the best time ever to be a wrestling fan. And over the course of the last week, I can't think of a shittier time ever to be a wrestling fan. This is just a shitty, shitty time to be a wrestling fan uh, with all the news that is coming out there. Uh, it's very unfortunate. Not that the news is coming out. That's great. 
it's unfortunate that there are so many instances of inappropriate behavior happening in the wrestling business. And, you know, what what I have to look at it as is, thank goodness that these people are finally speaking up and speaking out, and we're learning about what's going on. As AR says, it's dark times around the the industry, and that is is definitely the case. It just... It just keeps on coming, like Young Raf is saying. Um, I want to talk about, because we're not going to litigate everything that's happening here on the program, because there's still a lot of information to come out. We reminded everybody the last time we were on the air that there's two sides to every story. And I'm not saying that these people are lying. I'm not saying that, all I'm saying is there's, there's plenty of facts still left to come out. That being said, there are certain situations where facts have come out, Situations have been addressed, not only by the individuals involved, but by the companies that they are no longer, in some cases, involved with. So I do want to get to some of those. And the first one we have to talk about is a guy who's been in my home. He sat right here next to us in Million Dollar Studios. And we were thrilled to have him. And he's gone on to do some really great things over there in All Elite Wrestling. Of course, we're talking about Sammy Guevara. Now, for those of you that are unaware, an audio clip resurfaced on Twitter from an interview that Sammy gave to a podcaster several years ago, and Sasha Banks' name came up, and Sammy said, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to the notes here, because I want to make sure I get the quote correct, Sammy said, quote, When I was at the WWE the other week, I wanted to go just fucking rape that woman, end quote, talking about Sasha Banks. Now, look, in the pantheon of stupid fucking things to say, this is right up near the top. This is a stupid, stupid thing to say. And it's surprising to me, and I don't know who this podcaster is, They just kind of went on to the next topic of conversation and nothing was ever said about it. Uh, It's surprising to me that it's gone this far before somebody actually spoke up about it. But I want to get to what happened because I feel like, and I feel very strongly about this, I feel like the way that Sasha Banks and Sammy Guevara and subsequently All Elite Wrestling handled this situation is as good as it can possibly be handled. Kick ass tonight, Spees, too sweet brother. Thank you very much, Tony, for the bits. And thank you, Marcus, for the resub as well. We appreciate that. We've got a hype train going here, folks. 55%, so keep those bits and subs coming. We're always grateful for those. We're at 400 followers here on Twitch, by the way. Keep those follows coming as well. We'd like to see those go up also. Thank you guys for being with us. I want to get to, first, Sammy Guevara's Twitter response to the resurfacing of this comment that he made about Sasha Banks. Here's what Sammy had to say on Twitter. He said, quote, I've made stupid, inappropriate, and extremely offensive comments in my past. In my idiotic mind, I thought I was being funny in using words and terms that represent nothing but horror and pain. I am truly sorry for my hurtful words and actions, and I will never forgive myself, end quote. He went on to address Sasha Banks specifically. Quote, I also want to apologize to Sasha Banks for my unacceptable comments. She's an amazing person who didn't deserve to be the brunt of my offensive remarks. 
I spoke with her earlier and she helped me learn a gigantic lesson and I thank her for that. Once again, I'm sincerely sorry. Now look, this does not sound like something that was written for him. This doesn't sound like some PR guy fed him a response to put out there. This sounds like, I say a kid, he's in his mid-20s, 26, something like that. Sounds like a guy who made a stupid fucking comment and is genuinely apologetic for it. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. There are people who are going to kill him no matter what because of what he said. And there are people who are not going to accept his apology. He's not apologizing to us. He doesn't have to apologize to us. He needed to apologize to Sasha Banks. And that's exactly what he did. And I commend him for that. And I commend him for the way that he did it. Fuck air you and fuck Sammy Groove era. Welcome to you, Lit Mantis. Now, Sasha Banks took to Twitter to respond to Sammy Guevara. And I want to get to Sasha's response as well. She said, quote, Earlier I spoke with Sammy. He apologized and we had an open discussion. Words like the comments he made, jokingly or not, have absolutely no place in our society. I don't condone or tolerate this kind of behavior. What one thinks is just a side comment can have a massive impact on someone else's life and can send the wrong message. We have, we have to hold ourselves accountable for our actions and the words we say, and I hope this situation shows him that. Thank you very much for the follow D bladder. Appreciate that. I hope from this point on, in order for growth and change within our community to take place, we all can continue to have these conversations. No person, man, woman, or child should ever be suggested to a feeling of fear or any unsafe environment. We all have to do better, not just for ourselves, but for generations to come. End quote. That was the response from the boss, Sasha Banks. Now, before we get to the end of this, and thank you, Pirate Monkey, for the follow. We appreciate uh, you and D-Blad for the follow. Sir. Thank you very much. AEW responded, and I want to get to their response as well. I didn't have time to put this one on the screen here, so bear with me as I read it for you. AEW put out a statement saying, quote, AEW insists on doing our part to create a world of understanding and respect for humankind. We therefore strongly condemn the extremely offensive and hurtful words of Sammy Guevara. As such, effective immediately, Sammy is suspended without pay until further notice. Sammy has agreed to undergo extensive sensitivity training, and upon completion, his future status with the company will be re-evaluated. During his suspension, his salary will be donated to the Women's Center of Jacksonville, end quote. Now look, folks, I honestly, I, I'm not, I don't care where you come out on this. You can think Sammy's a piece of shit. I got no problem with that. You can think that AEW is spineless because they didn't fire Sammy Guevara. That's fine as well. You can think Sasha Banks is selling out by letting him off the hook with what she said. Although, you know, I really appreciated Sasha's statement as well. But I'm going to say this. As far as I'm concerned, Sammy and Sasha and subsequently AEW handled this situation as well as it can possibly be handled. What is this voodoo where two people who have an issue with each other actually get together and talk about it? What the fuck is that? Thank you 
Sammy and Sasha for actually having a conversation about it behind the scenes. It doesn't need to happen on Twitter for everybody to see it. We all want to see it because we're fucking gluttons for, you know, salacious bullshit. But we didn't need to be a part of that conversation. That's a conversation that needed to happen between the two of them. And it did. And good on both of them for being willing to have that conversation. And then to share what took place in that conversation. Now, I'm not, uh, in, I'm not in the camp that thinks Sammy should have been fired. I think AEW handled it exactly right. They suspended his ass without pay. They're taking the money that they would have paid him and donating it to the Women's Center. They're making him undergo sensitivity training. And they didn't say he's coming back. They said, once all that shit is done, we will reevaluate his position in the company. Folks, if there's a book on how to handle these types of situations, the way this one was handled should be chapter one of that book. Kudos to all of them for the way that they handled this situation. Aside from Sammy for creating the situation by making a dumb fucking comment in the first place. But again, two adults got together, had a discussion. The company for which Sammy Guevara works stepped up and said, you know what? It's a stupid fucking thing that you did. And you're going to go sit in the corner for a little while and not get paid and think about it. And then you're going to go talk to somebody who's going to hopefully get it in your head that you should never, ever say something that's stupid again. I thought it was handled great. I thought it was handled great. And I applaud everybody that was a part of that. I'm happy to hear your thoughts on it here in the chat. So let me know. Young Raph says, preach, I appreciate it. Any guesses on how long the suspension is for, asked Tony. Uh, it's got to be at least at least a month. I would probably push for something like three months. I think a three-month suspension, he misses a couple pay-per-views. That's what I would do. Uh, Raven's Blood saying he has to miss Fighter Fest at least, and I totally agree with that. Tyson, good to see you. I'd call Sasha and Bailey's characters super overrated and annoying, but that's not character. That's who they truly are. I must have missed the first part of your uh, comment there. Um, I like the turnaround on this issue being relatively quick and powerful, says AR Expert. That's exactly right. That's another thing. We don't let this thing drag on forever. The parties that were involved discussed it and took care of it immediately. Good for them. Uh, I'm glad that Sasha Banks can talk some sense into Sammy, says the noob. I agree. Uh, AEW has like three pay-per-views is scary, Jerry. You're right. Uh, but, um, we'll see. Tyson says three to six months. Yeah, we'll see what happens. D-Blad says, what I find weird is the whole thing started as a joke for Sasha and Sammy. For Sasha tweets saying she's better than the sex gods to finding out from Sammy's, to finding out Sammy's past from the Sasha stands. Yeah, you know, but that's the thing in this day and age, folks. You put it out there publicly Somebody with time on their hands is going to go back and find it. It's as simple as that. They're going to go back and find it and, you know. Lid Mantis thinks that uh, Tony Khan is a mark and only cares about being over with the boys. Uh, A.K.A. we're going to let this blow over and then bring him back as a villain. There's a lot of people that feel that way. I definitely think Tony Khan is a mark. Caring about being over with the boys, I, I, I'm interested to hear how you would have handled it, Libmantis. Would you have fired him outright? I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. Molson Ice, good to see you. Stupid comment by Sammy. P. 
People should go listen to Howard Stern's show. He's been licking people's buttholes for the last, like, 30 years. Go suspend him. Yes, that's true. And Bill says this is what happens when your mouth is engaged before your brain. I totally agree. Uh, Christian Gary, welcome to you again. In addition to the Sammy Guevara situation, Christian says, any thoughts about Dave Christ and Joey Ryan being fired from Impact for their actions? We're going to get to that right now. And Brenda Molina, yes, uh, definitely a dumb thing that Sammy said. Let's take a look at the news that just dropped here recently. I saw a few different outlets with the... Uh, the announcement, so forgive me if I'm not giving credit to the proper one, but uh, I saw a tweet from Sean Ross Sapp so, of Fightful Wrestling. So uh, I will go to his tweet about the situation with Impact. Uh, quote from Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com. Impact Wrestling has terminated the contracts of Joey Ryan and Dave Christ. Michael Elgin has been suspended pending further review of allegations, end quote. Now, the Joey Ryan thing. I believe the number is up to somewhere around 15 or so people that have, coming out, that have come out alleging uh, inappropriate behavior on behalf of Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan released a statement something along the lines of the dick flip got over and next thing I knew I was living this rock star lifestyle and I just wasn't a very good guy, but I'm not this and that and blah, 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 blah. What did I say on Friday on this show? You give these jokers enough rope and they'll fucking hang themselves. Go read Joey Ryan's statement and tell me that doesn't sound like a guy that's fucking hanging himself. We don't have to do the work for him, folks. A lot of these idiots will hang themselves. But I want to talk about another thing with regard to Joey Ryan. That gimmick should never have gotten over in wrestling in the first place. And we ate a lot of shit on this program because both I and the gentleman who normally sits next to me here in this chair, a 15-year wrestling veteran, said that there's no place for that bullshit. And people are like, oh, you fucking old guys. You guys and your fucking headlocks. Times have changed. Things are different. Let people have their fun. Clearly, it wasn't fun for some of the people involved. It wasn't fun for people to feel like I, someone who wants to be a wrestler, have to go in the ring in a crowded auditorium and grab some other guy's fucking junk or let him grab me by my tits and suplex me if I want to get booked. That shit just doesn't have any place in the fucking wrestling business. It just doesn't. So, look, I'm not going to shed any fucking tears for Joey Ryan. I have not been a fan of that guy from the get-go. I think it's a sleazy, stupid-ass gimmick that, to steal a phrase from Jim Cornette, shits on the wrestling business and makes it look like a, look like a bunch of fucking goofy ha-ha. And it's dumb. But more importantly... It's fucking unnecessary and it's harmful to people. There are people people who are uncomfortable with that kind of shit. You might say, well, then don't, don't fucking get involved with it. You're living in fucking Southern California. And the biggest independent wrestling promotion in Southern California, which for once wasn't PWG, was fucking bar wrestling. And guess who's in charge of bar wrestling? The fucking guy who has you grab his dick if you want to book him on the show. 
Get that shit out of wrestling. Let wrestling be wrestling. Otherwise, you get this kind of shit. Is this kind of shit going to happen in a regular wrestling match? No. No. It's not. So don't fucking bring it in there in the first place. I know some famous people lie about stuff, like the situation with Johnny Depp, says Tyson, but this seems legit. Alistair Fiend, H-Town's own, welcome. Enzo, love him or hate him, was fired for his stupid actions. Uh, Not Sammy. Now, the situation with Enzo, as far as I understand it, Alistair Fiend, we'll never know because we weren't there. But apparently the WWE advised Enzo, and again, this is what I hear. I'm not there advised Enzo to shut the fuck up and just let this situation be handled by the lawyers. And Enzo had to go out and run his fucking mouth. And that's what got him in hot water. Snack says, I never liked Joey Ryan. He's a perv and a creep. Val Venus was more professional and acceptable than Joey Ryan in. This motherfucker had penis druids at all in, said Raven's blood. Exactly. I mean, what... Outside of the tracks. Funny enough, that's actually more old school ECW stuff. With the PC and cancel culture, you should know better. I agree. I agree. Hard Knock says, I'm having a stare down with the 15-year wrestling veteran. You will lose, sir. You will lose. Um, and yes, as D-Blad points out, uh, being the elite. Even went back and deleted any episodes that featured Joey Ryan. Now, as far as Dave Christ goes, the accusations are many against him. And again, I wasn't there. I don't know. But I'm going to guess that Impact had enough evidence to think, yeah, fuck this guy. He needs to be gone. Dave Chris was accused of exposing himself to people in the locker room, of of just basically being an all-out shit, you know, having trainees pay for things for him, blah, 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 just a, a bunch of stuff. Um, Impact said, no more. No more. And they kicked his ass out of there. And apparently Michael Elgin, which I haven't heard anything recently about Michael Elgin. I heard stuff about Michael Elgin several years ago. And I know a lot of promotions stopped booking Michael Elgin. And then he showed up in New Japan again. And a lot of New Japan people went apeshit because they didn't want him. Switchblade Design. Thank you very much for the follow. I appreciate that. Tell a friend. Tell him to come and follow us. We appreciate that. We're headed towards 500 follows here, folks. So uh, keep those follows coming and keep spreading a good word about the program. We appreciate it. Chris had heat before this, says Babaruski, and this gave him a reason to officially kick him. Well, that makes sense. Cancel culture is different than allegations, says AR expert. Cancel culture is usually for having an unpopular but legal opinion. Look, all of this stuff, again, I, I, I try my best to exercise some restraint and some caution when talking about these things. Because number one, if somebody's guilty, especially in the day and age of social media, they're usually going to say or do something that makes them look pretty fucking guilty. And they're going to hang themselves. And number two, look, there's a lot of shit that gets said. And if you believe everything on social media, I feel sorry for you. Now, I'm not saying, again, don't take that. Is me saying you shouldn't believe these women and with these allegations that are coming out there. That's not what I'm saying. I try to, to 
exercise some restraint before talking about it. But since these situations have been discussed publicly, not only by, in some cases, the individuals involved, but the companies involved with them, then I don't mind uh, speaking about those. One more guy that we need to talk about, because he's a favorite of ours to talk about here on this program, is Mr. Jim Cornette. And Cornette has two podcasts that come out during the week. One on Mondays called Jim Cornette's drive Through, and one on Fridays called the Jim Cornette Experience. And this week's episode of the drive Through, where he usually answers questions sent in by fans and they talk about whatever it is the fans are asking him about. Uh, he spent about an hour addressing the allegations made against him and his wife, Stacy. Now, basically what was said is that while he was the booker and in charge of Ohio Valley Wrestling, which used to be the feeder system to the WWE, uh, one of their more famous classes had John Cena, Randy Orton, Batista, and Brock Lesnar, all in the same class. Went through OVW, went to have a lot of success in the WWE. And somebody came out and said that Cornette and his wife we're essentially withholding pushes from certain wrestlers or causing other issues behind the scenes for certain wrestlers if they would not participate in sexual congress with him and his wife. Some cases alleging that they were being forced to sleep with his wife if they wanted to get a push, sleep with his wife while he watched, whatever the case may be. Cornette came out today and basically laughed at all of these allegations and said that he doesn't have anything to hide. He basically said, you're telling me that I haven't been involved in Ohio Valley wrestling in the last 15 years. So something that happened over 15 years ago with all the guys that have come through WWE and all the guys who have a bone to pick with Jim Cornette, that nobody has said anything about it all this time. He did not deny that he's into some, shall we say, different sexual shit. Which he basically said, yeah, you know, sometimes my wife and I like to have fun. And somebody had posted a picture of his wife's ass and he said, you know what? Those aren't exactly hard to come by. Because me being a photographer and us liking to have fun together, there's quite a few pictures of Stacy's ass out there. But he basically shot holes in this guy's story and was making a point towards the end of the show that I feel like is worth repeating. Whether or not you believe him. This other guy has had his say, Cornette has had his say, at this point, people are going to believe who they're going to believe. If you like Cornette, you'll probably believe Cornette. If you don't like Cornette, you'll probably believe this other guy. And that's okay. That's okay. That being said, he brought up an excellent point when he said, all of these people that went apeshit, rightfully so, when Hannah Kimura committed suicide because of online bullying, and he said that if you had seen the shit that was directed at his wife, 
if you had seen the shit that was directed at Bobby Fulton. Because right before all this news about Cornette broke, he had tweeted out a picture of himself and Bobby Fulton. Actually, Bobby Fulton had tweeted out the picture and said something nice about Jim Cornette. And Jim Cornette responded with something nice in, in response. It's basically saying, love you, Bobby. Bobby Fulton recovering from cancer. He's a cancer patient. Well, all these fucking keyboard warriors decided to not only start talking shit about Cornette, but they fucking blew up Bobby Fulton's Twitter, which is not even run by Bobby Fulton, is apparently run by Bobby Fulton's son, because Bobby Fulton is in no condition to run it and doesn't really understand or have any desire to understand social media, so he dictates things to his son, and his son puts it out there. So these people went after Bobby Fulton because he had posted a picture of him and Jim Cornette. They bombarded his wife with all kinds of hate message. He said, you same motherfuckers that are going nuts talking about online bullying leading to this girl killing herself, turn around and do the same shit to somebody that you don't like. And I see a lot of that shit going on. And whether you agree or disagree with Cornette on most things, He's 100% right fucking on when it comes to this. There are a lot of people out there that love to fucking virtue signal. Is that what the fucking kids are saying now? And throw out all this shit saying, oh, you, you're a motherfucker if you did this. And shame on you and blah, 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 blah. Until it's somebody that they don't like. And then we'll fucking pile on, won't we? We'll just keep sending those tweets. We'll keep making those memes. We'll keep making fun of people. We'll keep laughing at them. We'll keep harassing them and so on and so forth. It really is pretty fucking sick when you think about it. Either be for that shit or be against that shit. It certainly made me reevaluate the way that I look at things online. Because we like to poke fun at, e- at people. We poke fun at people on this show. We poke fun at each other. This fucking guy calls me the Grandmaster of the KKK and that's not even the worst thing that he's called me on a fucking weekly basis on this program. But there's a line that you should not cross. And if you're going to say that that line should not be crossed, it shouldn't be that line should not be crossed when you're talking about somebody that I like, but I'm more than happy to do it if it's somebody that I don't like. Fuck that. That ain't right. And Cornette didn't have a problem with people coming after him because he said this, and I'm going to quote this because it's my favorite Jim Cornette quote in the history of Jim Cornette. He said, quote, I've told you before, I have no human emotion. I have a soft spot for family members, animals, and handicapped kids. Everybody else can fuck all the way off. (laughs) I just fucking lost it. Family members, animals, and handicapped kids. And everybody else can fuck all the way off. It's a goddamn abortion and a disgrace. Selective outrage and selective support. That's exactly right, Raven's Blood. That's exactly right. I think we can all... Take a look at what's been happening recently in the wrestling industry. And just take a fucking step back. 2020 has been an absolute shit show. And I think for a lot of us, myself included, it's provided an opportunity to step back and say, you know what? Maybe I don't want to be such a piece of shit. Maybe I don't want to, maybe I don't want to sling as much shit around. Hopefully, that's the case. Chi-Town Ghost Man, thank you for the follow. 
Appreciate that. And Raven's Blood, I don't know if I said thank you for the bits, but thanks, thank you as well. Yes, Brian, we do poke fun at uh, Kyle King. Outside of tracks, there's too much pompousness. There's a lot of high horses out there. There's a lot of people that were slinging out tweets left and right, making fun of anybody who didn't care for the Joey Ryan act, that now are like, oh, I can't believe that guy. How disgusting. What a, what a horrible piece of shit. Fuck that guy. And throwing away his t-shirts that they bought. Corny's the best heel since the 80s, says Alistair Fiend. Wrestling fans have always told him if you truly hate a character, then he's done his job. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Mr. Mucky says, Cornette's right about this. I keep saying I'm shocked someone hasn't killed themselves the last few days with the cyberbullying. It's it's craziness. It's absolutely craziness. Uh, and Tyson says, everybody calls out Cornette. So it would have come out by now. You have to think that with all the people that Jim Cornette has pissed off over the years, if this shit was happening, somebody would have said something about it. This isn't a situation that took place between two individuals behind closed doors and the one individual is just now coming out 15 years later because they now finally feel like they have the strength to talk about it. This is not that kind of situation. This is a situation that allegedly involved a whole school of fucking potential wrestlers, many of whom have gone on to have huge careers and have huge followings, and several of whom, no doubt, have problems with Jim Cornette either now or did at some point over the course of their lives. And they all just didn't say anything because they were afraid. And that's another thing that Cornette said. They were afraid that, that uh, you know, that how Jim Cornette was going to react, how it was going to affect their career. What the fuck does Jim Cornette do in the wrestling business? Jim Cornette has not been a part of the wrestling business as anything other than announcer and a figurehead since 15 years ago when he left OVW. I don't get it. That's why I don't tweet about my wrestling opinions, says Steven. Also, real story, like six people replied, go kill yourself when I tweeted a picture of Benoit and Guerrero when the Dark Side of the Ring episodes first came out. It's fucking ridiculous online. I, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it, but... Uh... That's the way it goes. Folks, again, thank you for being with us. If you haven't hit that follow button yet, please do so. We appreciate that. Thank you for the subs. The sub number is climbing again, so we appreciate that, uh, as are the follow numbers. want to send a quick reminder. One week from Friday. Look at Mac Diesel. Thank you very much, Mac Diesel. I appreciate that. Mac Diesel, eight-month subscriber to the program on a three-month streak. Thank you very, very much for that. One week from Friday, folks, is the two-year anniversary of the Spees and the Benchmark show. Uh, we did not start here on Twitch. We actually started on, gosh, what were we at first? We were Periscope for a little while, and then we went exclusively to YouTube, and then we did Periscope and YouTube, and then eventually we went, uh, we went solo here on Twitch and have done so for, I don't know, maybe about the past year, something like that. But anyway... One week from Friday is our two-year anniversary show of the Speeds and the Benchmark show. We're going to have some great, great stuff going on. Got a whole new look to the program. We got some brand new segments that we're going to be debuting. We got some great giveaways. Got some autographs from uh, some true icons of the sport <clears throat> that we're going to be giving away on the program. So mark your calendars July 3rd. 
2020. If you're a follower here on Twitch, make sure to turn those notifications on and uh, be here with us one week from Friday to celebrate our two-year anniversary. It has been that that long, young ref. It doesn't feel like that long, but uh, certainly has. Mr. Monkey says, I may delete all my social media accounts. I saw the Hannah pics when it happened. I've seen police brutality. I've seen upsetting leaked messages from creep wrestlers to women and underage people. It's all too much. I truly think social media is detrimental to one's mental health. It can't be good exposing yourself to this. It's a mess. It's a big, big mess. Uh, no, Silky did not get suspended for being on his phone too much, Coquina, although probably should. Excuse me while I have a drink, because when I have to do the show solo and I talk nonstop, I get a little parched. Cheers from WrestleMania 30... Which I don't even remember which was... Which was the one in New Orleans a couple years ago? Was it 33? 34? 35? I don't remember. But anyway, to you guys. All right. That was good. Thank you. Let's get to some Monday Night Raw talk, shall we? Four titles on the line on Monday Night Raw. If you count the 24-7 title. But hey, it was on the line. And it happened tonight on Monday Night Raw. That's actually just water, Alistair Fiend. Uh, I found this show on YouTube. I switched to this show because Sean Ross Sapp's show was putting me to sleep, says Raven's Blood. Well, thank you very much, Raven's Blood. And I will not comment on Mr. Ross Sapp's show because uh, I have not watched it. But I'm sure glad you found us because Raven's Blood, one of our faves here on the Speeds and the Benchmark show. Now, we finalized the trade that moved AJ Styles to SmackDown tonight here on Raw. And it turns out that the guys that came over in exchange for AJ Styles are Dolph Ziggler and one Robert Roode. Stop me if you've heard this one. I didn't even know Robert Roode was still with the company. When was the last time, somebody look it up, when was the last time Robert Roode was on television? Does anybody remember? Yes, Rude and Dolph, noob, or as we like to call them here on the show, Rudolph. That's what we refer to that tag team. But where the fuck has Robert Rude been? Worst trade I've ever seen. Since, yeah, this is the Jeff Bagwell trade for the Astros. We got AJ Styles. The Red Sox got Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Rude. Uh, Rude is not the hacker. Okay, well, that's good. But anyway... The reason this is important is because Dolph Ziggler came out and, again, is playing the role of somebody who is not getting what he deserves. And he deserves a shot at the WWE title. And Drew McIntyre says, fine, you got it. So, at Extreme Rules, we're going to see Drew McIntyre defend the WWE title against Dolph Ziggler. Give me a one or a zero. A one if you're excited to see Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler, a zero, if you don't care. In the chat, give me a one or a zero and let me know what you think. Because, let's face it, Dolph Ziggler is a hell of a worker. And he makes his opponents look absolutely spectacular. Do we need to see that with Drew McIntyre? Don't we already know that Drew McIntyre is... Pretty fucking spectacular. And Dolph Ziggler kind of coming out of nowhere. Used to be tag team partners with Drew McIntyre. Hell, they won the tag team championships. Um, 
Not sure that we need to see this match. And according to those of you in the chat, the best I've seen is two people giving it a 0 0.5. Everybody says zero. Who should be getting this title shot? Because Drew McIntyre is taking on everybody. That guy has taken on everybody. He's taken on all comers. He's been on TV all the time. He's been the Oscar of the men's division in that he's been a fucking workhorse. Been on TV every week. He's been putting on good matches. He's been putting on really good pay-per-view matches. The match with Bobby Lashley at this past pay-per-view was excellent until the finish, which was terrible. He's, he's doing his thing, and he's doing it well. They didn't build him up, says outside of the tracks. You can't just throw Ziggler in there like that, and that's my problem with it. Raven's Blood said the match quality could be great, but it'd be a waste of time. I, I agree. Switchblade, Switchblade designs who you got then. You're saying, uh, where is it here? Many superstars deserve that match more than him. Give me some names. Some people say Kevin Owens. I love Kevin Owens. I'd love to see Kevin Owens back as a heel, number one. And number two, back challenger for the title. I don't have a problem with that at all. Aleister Black? I don't know. I don't know. It seems to me like Aleister Black is kind of languishing. He's a part of this Seth Rollins, Monday Night Messiah storyline. We'll talk about that later, but I don't know. Uh, Steven says, Dolph doesn't deserve it, but it should be a decent match. Yeah. Seth Rollins? Okay. But he already beat Seth Rollins, did he not? So we shall see. Andrade's name I'm seeing. Angel Garza's name. Look, those jokers just job out to everybody. Zelina's crew loses all the time. All the time. It'd be nice if they built somebody to actually face Drew McIntyre rather than just somebody coming in and saying, hey, you know what? I deserve this match. Randy Orton's a great one. Randy Orton's a great pick, Stephen. Who else thought Ray's son was going to stab him in the back? No, no. What is Silky staring at, Ted? He's staring at your package, which is in the mail, sir. Not your package. Your 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 mail package. Not your M-A-L-E, your M-A-I. The, the, the shit that I sent you, the thing that you won, is in the mail and it's coming to you. That's what Silky's staring at. Jesus. Stomped all over my pecker on that one. Alice says Rey Mysterio. But anyway, we're going to get Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. How did Rey Mysterio become Aleister Black's mentor? He feels like a third wheel in this storyline. I agree. I agree. Thank you, Jeffrey. I will continue to dig the hole for myself or Jeff. <laughs> uh, Nia Jax is sitting alone in the ring pouting about the fact she got screwed out of a title shot or her various title shots against Asuka. Here comes Charlotte to talk some shit because Charlotte has another title match tonight. Charlotte never loses. Remember that? Keep that in mind. But those two start brawling. Okay. Here come the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders. Finally, these fuckers have a match. An actual match. And not this cinematic crazy bullshit that they've been doing. I don't know what they've been doing. Talk to me in the chat. Tell me what you think. Because I'm going to say two things about what we're going on here. Number one, I didn't give a shit about this match because of all the bullshit that led up to it. I just didn't care. I'm so ready for these guys to be done with one another. I'm just ready for it to be over. That's number one. Number two, good God have mercy. This could have been the, the 
final pile of dirt onto the grave of fucking War Machine. Because War Machine, a couple of absolute fucking badasses that raised hell in Japan, all over the fucking country. They've been here in Texas forever. Ray Rowe, buddy of our, my co-host here, Silky, the fucking badass as well. Never mind that they've been part of this stupid shit going on with all the sports and everything like that, but they lost a championship match tonight, stuck around in the ring, and shook hands and hugged with the team that just beat them. What the fuck am I watching? What the fuck? Come on. I was I was sitting there, please turn on them. Please turn on them. Please turn on them. Please kick the shit out of the Street Profits. And I don't mind the Street Profits. I like the Street Profits. They're entertaining. I mean, the promos are a little over the top, but you know, in the ring, I like them. I don't like all the other horse shit they've been doing the last couple weeks, but I'm sitting there going, there's no fucking way that War Machine, fucking War Machine, It's going to go through all this bullshit for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and dump the title to these fucking guys, then eventually, finally, lose the rematch and just shake hands and hug and say, okay, we'll be on our merry way. What is going on? Has the whole world gone crazy? That's not how it works. That's not how it's supposed to work. (sighs) Ah. Montez uses too much zip fizz, says AR expert. Well, they signed to Vince. Fate sealed, says Bobaruski. War Machine has become a joke. Cornette dropped a record number of F-bombs on his review of the Prophets versus the Vikings backlash match. That was outstanding. Uh, Again, we need a real tag team division, says Jeff. And just let NXT have them again. They were awesome in NXT. Just... I don't understand. I don't understand. Here comes Alina Vegas boys to uh, attack the Street Profits, who are saved by the Viking Raiders. Okay. This is why I binged watch The Last Ride instead of Raw. That kind of crap, says Marcus. Well, that's why I'm here, Marcus, to catch you up on all the shit that you missed. That's essentially become our job here on the show. Yeah, we talk about topics and shit. And to be quite honest with you, we prefer to talk about topics and shit here on the program. But the problem is, the on-screen product has been so shitty lately that people come to us, they come to our show for recaps on what's happened because they can't bring themselves to sit through three hours of horse shit on Raw. They can't do it. That's why we got to review it. They made the friend they made them friends, excuse me, says Steven, because of that stupid ass anything you can do, I can do better shit, and the fact that Vince doesn't like tag team wrestling doesn't help their case. Vince turned War Machine into the modern day berserkers. Only thing missing is them yelling us us. <laughs> oh, good lord. Speaking, a little side note here, because I've been doing a lot of reading, because I've had time, fucking quarantine and shit. Did you know that the Berserker actually trained at the same school and was a bouncer at the same bar as both of the Road Warriors, Ravishing Rick Rude, Nikita Koloff, the Berserker, Scott Norton, who went on to have a huge career in Japan, and there's one other fucking... Oh, uh, uh, Axe, 
from Demolition. Those six motherfuckers were all fucking bouncers at a bar at the same time. The fucking Road Warriors, Rick Rude, Axe, Scott Norton, the Berserker, and whoever the other guy was. That's pretty crazy. Speeds, don't insult horse shit by comparing it to Raw, says Marcus. Yes, absolutely, Raven's Blood. It's in, uh, read uh, James Laurinaitis's book. He is Road Warrior Animal uh, about the Road Warriors. It's actually a very fun read. It's a very quick read. Uh, I just finished the Andre the Giant book, reading a book on the Junkyard Dog that's not really about the Junkyard Dog. It's more about Mid-South Wrestling, but it's very good. Anyway, yeah, it was a, uh, <laughs> they used to fuck people up, apparently. So anyway, Eddie Sharkey. Thank you, Coquina. It was Eddie Sharkey, as a matter of fact, that trained all of those guys. Um, anyway, Ted says, who was the booking? Who was booking the tag teams during the Attitude Area? Outlaws, LOD, the list goes on. They had their own thing going on for tag teams. Yeah, they sure did, man. Uh, that's a good question. I, I don't follow who books shit because, honestly, I, when I'm watching a match, I don't know who booked that match. So I, it's not like a movie. We're like, I'll go see movies, even if they don't look altogether interesting, if I like the director. Because I'll say, you know what? He's a really fucking good director. He's probably going to make this thing be pretty good. A lot of people follow who books matches or who the agent is on certain matches. But like when the match is coming on, they don't tell me who, who the agent was or who booked it or who helped put it together. So I don't fucking know. So I don't follow that kind of thing is basically what I'm saying, Ted. What's the title of the Mid-South book? Actually, it's, uh, Marcus, it's a book about the Junkyard Dog. Um, oh, what is it called? I can't remember the name of it. It's basically the only book on the Junkyard Dog out there. Um, but it talks much more about uh, Mid-South. Crazy Road Warrior Animal Shares Blood with Johnny Ace. Yeah, that's, uh, that is pretty crazy, Bob Ruski. I met Eddie. He repped an indie show I helped put on. Very cool, Coquina. That's awesome. Are you up in the Minnesota area? That's... Uh, a lot of talented motherfuckers coming around in that area. Anyway, let's get back to this fantastic Raw review here. Uh, look, guys, I don't know about this Seth Rollins gimmick. Silky over here seems to like it. But I'm getting tired of Seth Rollins staring off into space. And the camera slowly zooms out. Not to reveal what he's staring at just to take in his entire face. And then he starts delivering some fucking Shakespearean soliloquy about God only knows what. And it's just so fucking disingenuous. It's so like a bad high school play. Just cut the fucking promo. Fuck Rey Mysterio. I'm going to blind that motherfucker and I'm going to blind his kid while I'm at it. Mic drop out. That's the fucking promo. I know it's the gimmick and all, but shit. Anyway, we had Seth staring into space and delivering another Shakespearean soliloquy. Asuka beats Charlotte by submission. Give me the hell yeah! Nice timing there, Striker JBL. Welcome to you and thank you very much for the follow. I appreciate that. I'm going to say that again. Because it bears repeating. Asuka beat Charlotte on television by submission. There's a lot of really fucking weird Charlotte hate going on out there. And I get it. Look, we make fun on this show about the fact that Charlotte, 
and I said this a long, long time ago, you guys that have been on this program regularly know that I've been saying for as long as we've been doing this fucking show that Charlotte is going to be the one to beat her dad's record for title reigns. And I stand by that, and I still say it's going to happen. Yes, Charlotte gets a lot of title shots. Yes, Charlotte gets a lot of time on television. Yes, Charlotte's always in important feuds. You know what else Charlotte is? She's the most legit-looking worker on the whole fucking show. She's extremely talented. She has more charisma than any other woman on the roster by far. And she has a gimmick that works great no matter how much I hate it. I've said for years, if I want to watch a fucking Ric Flair match, I'll go to the network, I'll watch a fucking Ric Flair match. I don't want to watch his daughter do a Ric Flair match. But let's face it. She's got the gimmick and it works for her. There's just a lot of people that hate on Charlotte, and I, I don't get it. And then they start with the she never loses, which is so fucking ridiculous. No, she does lose. And she loses quite often, as a matter of fact. But that's it. She lost again tonight, and she tapped out. So I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Uh, some of you guys with these fucking, I have to go back to the Seth Rollins thing. Uh, Steven says he's thinking about his life choices, like getting Becky pregnant. Uh, <laughs> Raven's blood says Seth is too scripted. He needs to get more freedom in the character. I agree. Uh, he's trying to deliver his lines like William Shatner says, Bill. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The noob says noob chiming in on Oscar. This, uh, this happens sometimes here on the program. It's about time. Oscar beat Charlotte flair because number 13 is unlucky. So that sucks for her going after number 13. Um, other side of the tracks doesn't like clown Asuka. I said earlier tonight on Twitter that I wish they would bring back Soul Train and let Asuka host just so that I could watch her dance for an hour. Because hokey, wacky Asuka, for some reason, doesn't bother me. Because when she gets the ring, she's not hokey, wacky Asuka anymore. She starts kicking ass. And I appreciate that. What do you guys think of Hokey Wacky Oscar? I kind of like it. I generally don't like that kind of stuff, but for Oscar, it works for me. Again, because I think when she gets in the ring, it's go time. Charlotte hate seems fake, says Ted, and manufactured. Charlotte's amazing. When they lose their top character seller of merch, time to step up. So they go to Charlotte, like when Roman had to go on leave to beat cancer, so they turn to Brock. They're sticking with the proven thing. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I think that's a fair point. Anyway, Asuka, again, beat Charlotte by submission. Tonight on Monday Night Raw. Since Silky isn't here, please allow me. Fuck Otis, fuck Otis, fuck Otis, fuck Otis, fuck Otis, fuck Otis, fuck Otis. Metaphorically speaking, of course. Shut up! We love Otis here on the program tonight because Silky's not here to say otherwise. Oh, yeah! So let's not be hating on Otis. People compare Charlotte's title reigns to her win-loss record, says Raven's Blood, like Triple H at WrestleMania. He doesn't have a winning record, but it's overlooked. And that's true. That is true. All right. If I am a member of the Performance Center, if, I, if I'm a trainee at the Performance Center, right now at this particular moment in time, I would take every single possible second that I could to try to seek out and find Edge and Randy Orton and talk to both of them about how they're making this feud work. Because this is some absolutely fucking amazing shit that these guys are doing. 
Edge cut a promo tonight that's borderline the best Edge promo I've ever seen. Now, he was doing some funny shit back in the day. But good God. And then Randy Orton came out later with Ric Flair. And he's been killing it on the mic as well. Look, Edge and Randy Orton are fucking killing it lately. They're absolutely killing it. I, I don't get I don't get the take that oh, it's boring. It's boring. Randy Orton matches are boring. Randy Orton's just boring. No, he's not. He's not boring. I mean, you're entitled to your opinion. But I love what these guys are doing. I think it's great. The last match that they had couldn't possibly live up to the expectations of being the greatest match ever. But a lot of people came out of it going, God damn, that was a really fucking good match. Yeah, it was. It was outstanding. They are both absolutely tremendous and they continue to do absolutely tremendous work and they did it tonight on Raw. If you're going to watch something from Raw last night, find and watch Edge's promo because it's fucking gold. It's absolute gold. And kudos to both of those guys for doing great shit because that's what it is. It's great shit. It's absolutely fantastic. Nia attacks Charlotte backstage trying to fuck up her shoulder. Stay tuned on that. Uh, the edge injury everybody was talking about during the greatest match. You think they bought into a work? No, I don't think so, Ted. But we'll see. We'll see. Edge said Cowboy Bob should have been shooting blanks when Randy was conceived. I died. Yeah, that was excellent. <laughs> it was excellent. Uh, AR says it was only worse because of the Prophet Raiders colon cleanse. If we watch the card and omit that atrocity, we definitely see the greatest wrestling match differently. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, did Edge mention Christian? I think he did briefly. Um, I don't recall specifically, but it, it's it's a damn good promo. We had our truth Well, we come back from commercial break with Akira Tozawa and the ninjas standing in the ring. We just left Edge and Randy Orton, who are actually trying to do something serious and make you believe that they actually want to kill each other. And it's working, and it's great. And then we went to Nia Jax attacking Charlotte and looking like she really wants to break her arm, which is still good, not to the level of what Randy, Randy Orton and Edge are doing, but, you know, it's Nia Jax and Charlotte. It's still very good. Then we go to commercial, and we come back to fucking ninjas. We come back to ninjas. There should be a rule against that type of shit. Am I the only one around here who gives a shit about the rules? You cannot go from serious shit to ninjas. Lashley comes out and just starts killing fucking ninjas. Because that's what he does, apparently. Comes out, kicks the shit out of a few ninjas. And then Akira Tozawa sneaks in and wins the 24-7 title from R-Truth. So congratulations, Akira Tozawa, the new 24-7 champion. But what the fuck? What the fuck do we need that on television for? I don't know. Liv Morgan versus Natalia. Now, I want you people in the chat right now, and there's still a lot of you left here, and I appreciate that. Thank you for hanging with us tonight. It's always great to come and chat with you guys. I sincerely mean that. It's something we both look forward to twice a week. We were off, Obviously, we <laughs> we honestly wish we could do it more, and we're, we're working towards a point to where we can start coming on more often. That's the plan. Uh, one day, we'll be doing this shit full-time. But until then, thanks for being with us because we absolutely love it. But I'm going to need you guys to help me out here. Because I've been hearing a whole bunch of folks. I should say seeing a whole bunch of folks online. Talking about Liv Morgan. And the promise that Liv Morgan has been showing 
And now Liv Morgan needs to get herself a decent push because Liv Morgan is damn good. Guys, I don't fucking see it. I, I don't see it. And it's not just because she's losing matches, but I just, I, I don't see it. She lost the match to Natalia because now for some reason, Natalia has Lana in her corner and Lana distracted Liv Morgan as Liv was coming back in the ring. Natalia sweeps the leg so that Liv falls. But then there's this awkward pause in between that as Natalia's getting into position to get her in for the sharpshooter where Liv is just kind of fucking wobbling on the floor. You know, like when Ralphie's brother got pushed over in a Christmas story and he's in the fucking jacket and he's roly-polying around, he can't fucking get back up. That's what Liv Morgan's doing on the ground. I have no fucking idea what's going on. She kind of waddles there for a minute and then Natalia puts her in the sharpshooter and she taps out. Um, I just, I, I don't see it with Liv Morgan. I, I don't understand it. Um, Bob Ruski says we want people to have opportunities. And that, that, look, I got no problem with people having opportunities. That's, a, that's all right. I like to see people who are really talented getting opportunities. And look, Liv Morgan's probably better at wrestling than albeit most shit I do in my life because she's in the fucking WWE for crying out loud. They just don't hand out WWE contracts to anybody. But I'm just, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. Outside of the tracks, I'll put it mildly what he said because uh, because she's she's good looking. Young Raph says he never cared for Liv Morgan. Uh, Raven's Blood says Liv and Natty had a very good match on main event last week. This shit on Raw was awful. And I agree, it was terrible. And the worst part of it is when you go backstage and Ruby Riot, who's another one that hasn't won a fucking match in forever. What did we say? It was like February 2019, the last time Ruby Riot won a match on television. I know she's been injured a while, but Jesus. And Ruby Riot's trying to come to cheer Liv Morgan up, and Liv is like, don't, don't talk to me. I don't want to. I just lost, and you really think I want to listen to you? Giving me a heart. Like, she's practically fucking crying. How's that supposed to get her over? How's that? How's that supposed to get Liv Morgan over? Somebody help me. I don't know. I don't, I just, I, I don't see it. I don't see it in the ring. And look, I'm more than willing to just say, oh shit, I missed the boat on this one. I didn't see it because look, I'm not, I'm not a fucking wrestling trainer. Like the guy that usually sits next to me. I just don't see it with her. But then when you go backstage and you hear her talk and she does these fucking whiny, whiny promos, I, I, I don't understand what they're doing with her. I don't get it. WWE has wasted Natalia, says the Birdman. I believe it all started when it was Michelle versus her for the Divas title. AR Experts says Natalia is the anti-best there is, best there was, and best there ever will be, but she's a gatekeeper for developing talent like Shelton Benjamin at this point. Uh, at least they didn't mention the Lana and Liv lesbian story. That's not homophobic. That storyline was just trash, says Steven. And what the fuck happened to that story? That just went away. Uh, she's really cute and we want her to succeed, says Ted, <laughs> okay? I don't know. Uh, the typical loser wrestlers join forces. Power Knucklehold says uh, people are just smitten with Liv. Okay, okay. And look, there's no problem. I got no problem with that. I'm smitten with Peyton Royce, which is why I root for the Iconics, goddammit. But, unfortunately, 
The Iconics lost to Sasha and Bailey. I'm skimming over the bit where the big show talks about the ninjas and I wanted to come and beat the ninjas and he's one angry giant. And then Ric Flair is bringing Randy Orton out as the greatest performer of all time. Can we call him fucking wrestlers, please? Just call him a wrestler. You're Ric fucking Flair. What are they going to say? You can't come back on the show. Use the word wrestler. Big show interrupts. I'm an angry giant. And Randy says, what happens next is on you. Okay. I'm on board for the little cliffhanger there. That's fine. But then we get to the Iconics and Sasha Bailey. And unfortunately, my Iconics lost, which I'm very unhappy about. But I thought they did a great job after this match of teasing Sasha wanting Bailey's belt. Sasha said, you know, every week I see you out here with your two belts. I hear your old Bailey dose straps thing. And I got to be honest with you, I'm getting a little jealous. So I want a title match. And I'm going, oh shit. It's a really lame way to make this finally happen. Heard she just asks for a title match. I want a title match against Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. Asuka comes out and accepts. So we're going to get Sasha versus Asuka, looks like, at uh, Extreme Rules for the Raw Women's Championship. Give me a zero for no. Give me a one for yes in the chat. You excited about the prospect of Sasha Banks versus Asuka at Extreme Rules? Yes or no? I got to be honest with you. I'm with, with Raven's blood. I think Sasha nailed that promo. I think it was a great job. And I'm actually looking forward to this match. I think it's going to be an interesting match. Now, for Bailey and Sasha to hold all the gold, I don't know about that. But uh, look, I like this matchup because I like both these women. I think both these women can work. Asuka's a great worker. Sasha Banks. Something's going on behind the scenes with Sasha Banks because she's crazy over with the crowds and, and with the wrestling community as a whole. And she's pretty damn good in the ring. Something's not clicking. I, I don't know. One day we're going to find out what was going on with Sasha backstage. Something. But I've seen a lot more ones this time around than I did last time. I, I think uh, I think it's good. I think it's good. I think it's going to be fun. I still feel like they're going to make Sasha turn on Bailey when there's a non-paid crowd, says Steven. It's coming. It's coming. Cheese. Cheese bub? Am I saying that right? I'm just going to call you cheese. They'll lose all the gold quicker, he says. <laughs> and Mella Max here, she says Sasha will win. We'll see. We'll see. Um, not a fan of Bailey, the 40-year-old immature gothic soccer mom gimmick, says expert. That's borderline overexposure for both Bailey and Sasha Banks. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's... There's not a lot of women out there that you can put in those positions, unfortunately. And you can talk all you want about how they're not building new stars. And I, I, I don't necessarily get that comment. So people that are stars now, like, what, well, Sasha's not a star? She's a star. They built her. They built Bailey. They built Charlotte Flair. They built Becky Lynch. It's not like all these fucking women came out of nowhere. They don't build new stars. Well, how the fuck did they become stars? That's just me. We have the VIP lounge where uh, MVP is still trying to recruit Apollo Crews, who is still not having it. 
And uh, he had a match against Shelton Benjamin, which he won. Which he won. And uh, here comes Bobby Lashley to attack Apollo Crews for once again not becoming a part of MVP's stable. Listen, I like what MVP's doing with Bobby Lashley. I love this Bobby Lashley. I've been wanting to see this Bobby Lashley ever since he came back to the WWE. And putting him with MVP, I think, is a great decision. I love what they're doing. And I like that Apollo Crews is involved with something. And this is this this works for Apollo Crews, as far as I'm concerned. The kind of slimy, sleazy guy, you know, who's not necessarily on the up and up. MVP wants the, you know... The, the the nicely polished, nice, neat, happy-go-lucky guy to come and join his crew. And Apollo Crews too squeaky clean for that. No, fuck that. I'm going to do my own thing. That works for Apollo Crews. Um, so, hey, that's, uh, that's working for me. I like it. I enjoy it. And I like seeing Shelton Benjamin on television because, God damn, that guy is good. He's another guy that came through OVW. They put a shoot. They, they put a shoot. They should have put Shelton over, says Molson Ice. Matched him up with MVP. I mean, I wouldn't have had a problem with that, but let's let Apollo get some wins. He's waited a long time to get to this point. Let's let him get there. We finally get Rey Mysterio and Dominic in the ring where Rey was talking about, dude, you're my boy. You shouldn't have fucking come here last week. But holy shit, I was proud of you coming out here, kicking the shit out of Seth Rollins, blah, blah, blah. Here comes Seth Rollins, as you can imagine. And he eventually calls out the Disciples. And it looks like they're coming after Mysterio and his kid. But outcome, here's Aleister Black and Ravenblood's favorite, Humberto Carrillo, and his dimples. And they come out to uh, jump the Disciples. There's a little bit of back and forth. And at the last minute, the uh, Seth and Murphy and Austin take control. And it looks like they're going to blind Dominic as well. Until finally, here come Carrillo and uh, Alistair Black with chairs, and they run everybody off and proceed to kick the shit out of Seth Rollins for a little bit. So, okay. There's that. I don't know what Alistair Black is doing. I don't know what Humberto Carrillo is doing. I don't know. I guess they're just going to be there to kind of help out Ray for a little bit and we might get some feuds going on there. But otherwise, I don't know. I don't know. So that was it, folks. That was Monday Night Raw. Again, for a Monday Night Raw that had four title matches on it, it felt a little underwhelming. But look, Edge and Christian are killing it. We got a couple matchups set for Extreme Rules. I think Drew McIntyre... And Dolph Ziggler is probably going to be a better match than people are giving it credit for, but it's just not an altogether interesting matchup uh, because there's no build to it, really. Uh, I love the idea of Sasha Banks and Asuka. I think it's going to be a really good women's match, and uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. So another thing that's fun for us is to be here talking with you guys, and we will be back doing so on Friday after SmackDown. Before I get out of here this evening, I want to say thank you to everybody for sticking around and uh, hanging with me tonight with no Silky Baines here. Uh, so thank you for that. I'm always grateful. Shout out to the new followers, Striker JBL, Chitown Ghostman, Switchblade Design, Pirate Monkey, D-Blad. Uh, appreciate you guys following the channel. 
Uh, shout out to those of you renewing your subs, Mac Diesel, Marcus, and Young Raph. Thanks to you guys and to everybody dropping bits here this evening as well. Uh, that's Marcus Snacks. Thank you. I think I missed your snacks. Thank you very much. Uh, Marcus Snacks, Raven's Blood, Lit Mantis, Tony from Get the Tables. Appreciate all of you guys as well. Once again, uh, make sure to give Tony a follow. He's our good buddy. Uh, the information is now coming up in the chat. Um, I'm sorry. Did I say Edge and Christian? Edge and Randy Orton. Thank you for the uh, correction there. Give our buddy uh, Tony and Dave a follow. Get the tables. Uh, it's get da da tables here on Twitch. Uh, good buddies of ours. They will be here tomorrow with their Impact Watch Along and then on Wednesday for the AEW Post Show. And then we are back on Friday uh, with our show. And Silky will be back as well. And remember, one week from Friday is our big two-year anniversary special right here on Twitch. We'll have some giveaways. We'll have new look here in Million Dollar Studios. We'll have some new segments. We got a new member of the team coming on board. So we're excited about that. And we'll reveal all of that a week from Friday, July 3rd, right here on Twitch. So make sure to join us for that. But until then, for my absent partner, the benchmark Silky Baines, Chris Bizak, thank you so much for being with us here tonight. We will see you Friday night, immediately following SmackDown, right here for another edition of the Speeds and the Benchmark Show. Good night, everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.